Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. Glad you could join in today. It's always great to have you. We're continuing our survey of the Old Testament, and today we're examining the book of Joel. The name Joel means Jehovah is God. The prophet's name fits the burden of his prophecy in Joel chapter 2, verse 27. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Like Hosea, little is known of Joel, except for his father's name of Bethuel. The content indicates he lived and prophesied in Judah and in Jerusalem area, and may have been a priest, as suggested from uh, frequent references to priests within the book. Uh, Side note here, there are 14 other Joels in the Bible as well, so it's a popular name. So the historical setting of the book of Joel, the book was written in 825 BC. Joel is one of the six minor prophets not specifically dated within the text. In 825 BC, King uh, Joash was 16 and Jedidiah, the priest, was still in the you know height of his greatest influence on the young king. Uh, during the early part of Joash's reign, Jediah the high priest, he really ruled, and he was setting it up for the king. The king was only six years old when he began to reign, so he really was that great advisor and administrator for the king. The political setting of the book of Joel, on the national scene, Judah was in a period of rebuilding, following the wicked reign of Queen Athaliah. She reigned for six years, and it's uh, really uh, hard to believe how bad and wicked that woman was. And so there was a lot to rebuild, a lot to um, get back on track, and uh, that she was very wicked is very accurate. This rebuilding was mainly under the leadership of the high priest, Jedidiah, uh, who had slain the queen, and uh, then established uh, Joash as the king again when he was six years old. You can read about that in 2 Kings chapter 11 and 12. On the international scene, there was no great empires prominent. Um, Judah, however, was being attacked by uh, various smaller nations, Tyre, Sidon, Edom, uh, and Egypt. Let me read you a couple of verses in, in Joel here. verse Chapter 3, verse 4. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? And will ye render me re- recompense? And if ye recompense me swift and speedy, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Uh, very, uh, very, very vivid uh, piece of scripture there, talking about who's attacking. And Joel chapter 3, verse 19, Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. So it tells us that these nations are attacking, coming against Judah. So again, no great empire coming out of the wings or in the shadows. These are uh, smaller nations surrounding Judah making you know, attacks and, and plunder and things and God says I'm going to I'm going to judge them for that. The religious setting of the book of Joel, the period of Baal worship have come to the end with the purge of Jehu in 841 and that was in the north and that of Jedidiah in Judah in 835 BC. So following the purge however 
There wasn't a sudden um, godly, true godliness appearing in the people. Okay, so that's not what took place. Rather, what took place was a spirit of indifference. Who cares about Baal? Who cares about Jehovah? Uh, that's what took place. The temple itself was not repaired uh, properly till uh, 813 BC. That was twenty the 23rd year of Joash. I mean, that's a long time uh, to be waiting. At 2 Kings chapter 12, verse 6 tells us, But it was so that in the third and 20th year of King Joash, the priest had not repaired the breaches of the house. I mean, it, you know, still ongoing. Like, like that, that's incredible. So real indifference had taken a hold. Joel's prophecy followed about 20 years after Obadiah in Judah, who prophesied the doom of Edom. It's also preceding the ministries, chronologically, of Jonah to Nineveh and Amos to Israel in the north, who ministered for many years. While uh, you know doing the work of God in Judah, Elisha was ministering in Israel, and he would do that for 50 years. So some really um, interesting connection points there and contemporaries there uh, for Joel. Uh, the book of Joel has uh, really twofold purpose, historical and prophetic. The historical purpose was to call the nations of Judah to national, or call the nation, not nations, nation of Judah to national repentance. As a proper response to the Lord's judgment, there's, there's mention of locusts and drought uh, in the book. And lest, if you don't repent, there will be more. Uh, scourgings coming, more uh, judgments. And prophetic uh, purpose was to introduce the day of the Lord, in which the Lord would bring the heathen into subjection, deliver his people, and take out uh, take up his dwelling in the midst of the people. Um, so that's, that's some uh, purposes. So some unique contributions of Joel. The day of the Lord emphasis is really popular uh, in Joel. And he's known as a prophet of the day of the Lord. Uh, supposedly having coined the phrase for the nations, though it's possible he borrowed that term from Obadiah, who used it 20 years before him in reference to Edom's judgment. Uh, The promise of material prosperity for repentance. I'm going to read you a couple verses in just a moment about that. Uh, It's actually, you can find all the verses in, in, in Joel 2, verses 18 to 27. Joel makes a special emphasis on material and physical benefits flowing from repentance and obedience. Such repentance, he said, would remove the plagues of locusts and drought and restore the blessing of rain, uh, good crops, and in protection from the nations that were about who were were attacking them. So protection from the enemies. So Joel chapter 2, verse number 19, Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine, and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. And I will in no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off from you the northern army, and I will drive him into the land barren and desolate, with his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the uttermost sea. And his stink shall come up, and his ill savor shall come, shall come up, because he hath done great things. So these promises, okay, were for Israel. Okay. Not New Testament church, like not promised to the New Testament church. Israel was under covenant relationship with the Lord. And the promise was you obey and there will be benefits to your obedience. 
Uh, this portion of Joel, the you know, is highly taken out of context by prosperity churches today, and and, and preachers of the same ilk. Okay, the promised prosperity was for Israel. It's not for the church today. That's not to say that if we we might be blessed if we obey, sure, but we don't obey for the blessing. We obey because it's right to do. So, you know, we need to keep it in context. If you hear someone take use that portion of scripture to say you obey, you'll get a, you're going to get a blessing. You might, but doesn't that you can't preach it like that. You need to be honest to the scriptures. Uh, making the Lord an ally is mentioned in Joel as well. Uh, Joel 2.17, let the priests and ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. Uh, give not thine inheritance to reproach. Say the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? This verse is a turning point of the book. It contains a uh, prayer of repentance for the people. That changes the perspective of the book from adversity to blessing. The point that is amazing is that true repentance makes God a defender for the one who's petitioning. And and the one who was calling upon God is capable of receiving his blessing. And listen, God's defense uh, applies to the New Testament believer just as well as the Jewish covenant situation. God protects his people today. Uh, Christology in Joel, in in many of the Lord's declarations, uh, Jehovah, he speaks as Messiah, who will come to deliver and rule his people in the Messianic age. Several passages it says, Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Jerusalem. I will also gather all nations. I will enter into judgment with them. The Lord's coming again. He's going to rule and reign, and he's going to establish his kingdom. No one will stop it. So I hope that's given you some nuggets about the book of Joel. And uh, let me encourage you to continue to explore it. Uh, and as I mentioned last time at the end of my podcast, the word of God is alive. It's relevant. Sometimes we think these minor prophets, how do, how do they apply to us? They do apply. And so let's get in the book. Let's explore the word. And I hope you have a wonderful day doing just that. Take care. God bless.